0: This is the JWN podcast. Should we do a few perfect. more.
1: <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's perfect.
0: ASMR in
1: your ears. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR JWN. Yvonne grew up in Brooklyn and has recently relocated to Charleston, South Carolina. Her musical identity is called Pilot, spelled with an upside down I. She also hosts a show on Charleston's own radio called Song Story, in which she interviews musicians about the story behind one of their songs. Irel is also the first guest on my podcast to perform live music in the studio. She's got her trusty Casio keyboard and a really cool singing voice, so I hope you enjoy this conversation as I get to know Irel Pilo. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Thanks. show.
0: Thanks. for having me today.
1: I'm so excited because I don't know you.
0: I know. <laughs> I don't know you either.
1: And, and We're getting is, to know each other. This is one of those fun <laughs> things where, where this could go really well, but or it could go terribly <laughs> so wrong. Set so those
0: expectations. <laughs> so,
1: so far, it seems to be going okay because yeah. we had a little studio set up going on here. We had to set up your keyboard. And- I
0: would say it's going great with that Lacroix boy. Heck
1: yeah, <laughs> and we have Lacroix and tea and
0: yeah. Oh my gosh, I have a whole plethora of um, options here.
1: Speaking of tea, did you yeah. see? Um, this is just way off the topic of oh. anything we're going to talk about today. Yeah, but
2: great.
1: I'm just excited. Good, but did you see the uh, the first person to get the vaccine in oh, England?
2: No, it's like this nine year old lady. Oh, okay.
1: And she's uh, like on the news drinking tea Yeah, after she got her vaccine. She was How like... How
0: British of her. Oh, yeah, so
1: Wearing a Christmas shirt and just... <laughs> I got... So How is I she got,
0: doing? She's doing great. Okay, good. She was
1: number one, though. She was the first Western world vaccination that, you know, outside of trials.
0: When was that? Was this this it was week? La- it
1: was, I believe, yesterday.
0: Yesterday? Okay.
1: And... Uh, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, yeah. so it was either on Monday or Tuesday. Everything
0: changes so quickly now that you oh, have yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But but it was uh, it was one of those things where like when you watch it, I, 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 it's it's like this little like British lady
3: mm-hmm.
1: is like this this light at the end of this awful dark tunnel, and like it just I know it's very symbolic. They made a big deal of uh, you know the British news made a big deal out of it, and mm-hmm. and they should have because it's kind of like okay we're starting to see like this is all going to start coming together or or going away uh, you know
0: gradually yeah
1: it's just that's like yeah. a little beacon of hope
0: we all need that right now oh, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah yeah we've been waiting patiently some of us not so patiently mhm just um
1: well 2020 has been a challenge of epic proportions simply because Uh, we've had so many different challenges thrown at us and uh, I guess you moved here, (laughs) right? Like about a year ago.
0: I did. Yeah.
1: So Mm -hmm. where did you come from?
0: Well, I'm, I lived in Brooklyn for many years. Um, and then when I left the city, I went to New Jersey for a couple of years and then I came here. I left the trajectory
1: you keep working your way south next thing you know you're gonna be in atlanta then...
0: <laughs> well i'm not complaining about the weather here
1: no it's uh, i came here 15 years ago and it it um it it's hard to leave like any thought of like oh we should go here everything is just like
0: well it's a nice place yeah. to be yeah i mean new york makes you hard And um, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm gonna get too soft. Like, where am I gonna go after this? (laughs) I'm so spoiled now.
1: We don't. We have our fair share of troubles here, as you've probably learned over the last year.
0: Well, it's just, um, you know, it's a big change, Mm -hmm. and it's been a pleasant change for me. Yeah. So
1: it's 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 weird. When I first moved down here, my friends were like,
0: South Carolina.
1: You know, because growing up in New York, it's hard to leave a place like like that area, right? It was then, even
0: hard to leave for a weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, because <laughs> there's and, a
0: vortex of energy, it sucks you in and you really can't escape it.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. you feel this whole pull, like, hey, this place, there's no place else like this in this country. Like New York is kind of like an epicenter of so much
3: mm-hmm.
0: and
1: everything's kind of, every other city kind of pales in comparison. You're always comparing it.
0: It's true. It's true. When I did a, a cross country trip in my, I think it was my early twenties and, um, you know, it was my first time seeing a lot of the United States and every city I got to inevitably I would make a comparison back to New York like I think I said Boston was New York on Prozac (laughs) it was a happier city (laughs) Um, you must have been there in the summer (laughs) Uh, yeah I was
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: try
0: Boston in the winter totally different mindset (laughs) (laughs) sure well they got winter there Um, so you when did you get to Charleston like how long ago
1: it was in uh, late 2004
0: okay Right around Christmas, right around this time.
1: So it's it's actually sixteen years now.
0: And were you coming from Long Island? Or? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, lived on mm-hmm. Long Island for most of my life, and uh, mm-hmm. I came down here. Uh, well, I married a Southern girl.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: And I had her up there for for a good, good five years or so, and uh-huh.
0: uh,
1: and uh, or four or five years, and and then she kept chipping away.
0: <laughs>
3: like I,
1: I've learned a lesson. You can you can um you can bring people from the north down south, but mm-hmm. it's very hard to get people from the south to live up north for oh, long really? for long.
0: Well, I feel like some some um you know some artists that I've met here, they get wide-eyed when they hear that I'm from New York and to them it seems really absurd that I would um come to Charleston because they're dreaming of Life in the big city, and I oh, do yeah. recommend life in the big city. You know, maybe not at this moment, um, particularly because it's—I think it's really tough right now. But in general, yeah, it's great. It's what, a great experience.
1: What neighborhood in Brooklyn were you?
0: Did you? I was mostly—I was in Southern Brooklyn, so mostly around Park Slope and South Slope and yeah. Cobble Hill, and you know, I moved around a bit.
1: But, right, because yeah. I my friends that live in Brooklyn, every time Mm -hmm. I go to visit and I'll stay with them. And every, I mean, every year it changes drastically. Like Mm -hmm. you go away for just a year and you don't realize how quickly uh, Brooklyn as a whole went from kind of like a rough kind of, not rough is a hard word, but just it wasn't like a touristy place. You know what I'm saying? It was a place where people lived. Um, And now it's become like completely like gentrified and just the corporate structure that's moved in there and and put up all these glass buildings and, and like the soul, you could see the soul being everything that was cool about Brooklyn being just quickly changed.
0: I think Manhattan, the expanse of Manhattan spread out Mm -hmm. into the boroughs. Um, and, uh, yeah, the definitely, You know, cities are ever-evolving things. We wouldn't really want them to stay the same, although we'd like to complain about the changes as they happen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right? That's part of, you know, being from that city is is complaining. And being here, being new to Charleston, when I go out with people and they say, oh, this used to be that. And to Mm -hmm. me, I don't have that frame of reference. Everything's just new. Right. Uh, And it's actually kind of, in a way, it's nice because... you know, the, you, you, you can start to mourn the, the past, the city past. Right. You know,
1: it's weird. Yeah. In, in the time I've been here, I've seen a lot of changes. But mm. for the most part, especially when it comes, it, it, the closer you are to Charleston, those changes have been great. The thing that stinks is like the sprawl. So it keeps moving the out sprawl. now. Yes, the er, the suburban sprawl that's growing on. So it are keeps... we
0: in the sprawl right
1: now? No, that we're closer to like old school, uh, Somerville right now. But if you okay. go, a couple of exits. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know where I am right go now. Couple,
1: you go a couple of exits up twenty six, and then you'll see all of these new developments. Mm-hmm. So, what brought you down
0: to Charleston? Besides the nice weather. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that is the number one question I've been asked since moving here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, so I'm well uh, equipped to answer it. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> it's usually
1: one of a few things. It's either work, uh, a romantic thing, or escape.
0: Um. Well,
1: which it might me, not be that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, I of course, when you decide to make a big move like that, it's going to be a combination of things. Um, but when I was living in New York um for a while I was hanging out in the East Village mm-hmm. had, my friend Jessica had a nice apartment um there and um she had a she had a backyard we're all starved for outdoor spaces in mm-hmm. in um in the city and she so she was dating um her boyfriend at the time Gary uh is is from well his brother lives here. I think he's from around this area t- I'm not really sure, but he had spent time in Charleston and we would all hang out in their backyard and you know they'd have people over and they'd have musicians come through and there was definitely like a Charleston a, a couple people that were from this area right. that would hang out there and uh, one of one of the people I met his name is Nick Jenkins and he's
1: the the wonderful Nick Jenkins. Yes. he is so awesome.
0: I know. Oh, don't
1: cry now. <laughs> <laughs> We're less than 15 yeah. minutes into this. You can't cry. Well, yet. I just spoke to him yesterday.
0: <laughs> he sounds like he's doing really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they would just talk about life in the South. And, you know, I was into Tennessee Williams. so oh, yeah. I had these romantic ideas of what the South represents. And, mm-hmm. um so I just was always listening intently when they spoke and um and then Nick and I have collaborated musically over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And and are still doing so.
1: He is kind of he's he him and uh Brett, there, there's a couple of people
0: <laughs> yeah, in Charleston <laughs> that
1: are just whores. <laughs> I don't, and I mean That's that. That's not no, a loving, nice
0: way to say. It. That is a very
1: nice way to <laughs> but say. But I know
0: it. what you mean. I know they you mean.
1: love to just get around. They
0: get around, and, and they're genuine, sweet, yeah. loving people. When I um, say that
1: word, by the way, I'm saying it with love.
0: I know. I'm saying I it with it. love. <laughs> I'm saying it like they get
1: around, and they are not and ashamed. I of it. I <laughs> probably
0: just offended a sex worker. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, no. <laughs> They um they're great collaborators. They are. They really are. Have you played with them? No. Okay. No, but I have I haven't seen played, them on stage.
1: I've, I've seen them on stage with times. multiple different yeah. projects and yeah. projects that don't sound anything like the yeah. other ones. Yeah. They're super talented and well-versed mm-hmm. musicians and it's and yeah. they're just cool.
0: I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Mhm.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where uh the Charleston scene here is so um, it's not competitive.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you felt that in New York. I, it might be because I'm a little older that I felt like the music scene was always a little competitive. Like mm-hmm. back in like maybe the 90s, people were a little bit more protective of their mm-hmm. uh, musicians in a band. Like, you know, you can't go play with five bands.
0: Um, I don't know if I've necessarily felt that, but I definitely think in New York... So that, that actually is another reason why, uh, I came, um, to Charleston, mm. exactly what you're talking about. I just had this idea that, um, I might be better served for my, for the music that I want to create by mm. living in a city that's a little slower paced, um, th- where the prices aren't, um, so, so high, right. you know, because what I would find is, um, you know, to get the musicians I wanted might be really expensive um, or because uh, like you said they are working a lot of projects and they really need to pay their rent yeah you know so so there's that and then or I would find people to collaborate with but I was in a band where sometimes we'd we'd like see each other one month and then we'd see each other three weeks later and it's it wasn't because we didn't want to get together it's just because we were all hustling so hard right. You know, so, um, so I just felt like, you know the city, I think, probably in the sixties and seventies was a really um vibrant space, and I love that you know, photographers were inspired musicians mm-hmm. who were inspiring painting, so all that was happening. But I think the city evolved and uh became more corporate, became you know you you just need money to live there,
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> to
0: live well there. And um, so I just felt like, you know, this isn't really that conducive to art making anymore.
3: Nope.
0: Um, although at the same time, you can um, you go to the opera and go mm-hmm. see Alvin Ailey. And I, I spent a lot of time at the Mark Morris Dance Center. So like, you know, there's these institutions there that are really enriching culturally. That That's why you want to be there. But, yeah. um, but I just felt like maybe, and it was, you know, it was a gamble. I didn't really know. But I do feel like that has um, kind of panned out well for me so far.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, despite yeah. the the 2020 situation, um, it's definitely easier in general to survive here. You know, I have friends that mm-hmm. work jobs that if they mm-hmm. worked them in, in New York, they wouldn't be able to buy a bus ticket to get to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they, 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 they yeah. The amount of money that you can, or the, the amount that your dollar kind of goes down here is a little bit further.
0: My, um, an, a, a friend's uncle, um, astutely observed, he, he had lived in the city for many years and he said, you can't, you can't get out of bed without spending $20 in New York city. Yeah. But <laughs> that was very true. <laughs>
1: my daughter learned, uh, she, you know, she romanticized living in New York uh, again, but she, she, uh, when she went to college, her first semester, she went to Pratt.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: she She's transferred, an artsy, yeah. no, well, she went for creative writing oh, Okay. and she transferred back here after that first semester. Cause she was like, I can't do anything. You mm-hmm. broke all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything is so expensive. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, you're in this great place and it's, yeah. it's torture. That
0: sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> And, and, and that was one of the main reasons. There multiple reasons, but that was one of the main reasons. Yeah, but
0: see, it's good to have that experience, I think.
1: Yeah. But yeah. She, she is definitely um, happier here, I believe, just because she can afford to do the things she wants with the people that she wants to do yeah. them with.
0: It's and just easier. It's I can't imagine. Can,
1: can you imagine being stuck in a tiny little like apartment or dormitory during this whole uh-huh. lockdown?
0: Well, I have a lot of friends that are doing just that right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they seem to be okay. I mean, that's yeah. the crazy thing. It, yeah. Because for me, I'm thinking, like, how are they doing that? Because here I feel like we get the open spaces and the sunshine and mm-hmm. there's a lot still accessible to you that you can, um, you you know, you can go and do. And yeah, New York is just so densely populated. But I don't know; they're finding roof spaces. They're yeah. they're figuring it out. They're making. I had a friend who made like a little garden on her, um, you know, the fire escape. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you, you try to.
1: <laughs> buying plants became an extremely uh, difficult thing. Oh really? <laughs> it was well, cause, yeah, because pots for plants were like sold out everywhere. I
0: did see that Lowe's was doing quite well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lowe's and Home Depot. Who would have known?
1: So let's let's dig di- let's uh, yeah. let 2020 stuff aside. Yeah. Let's let's dig a little deeper Everyone's into Everyone's talked
0: you. about that enough. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it, well, it's it's the elephant in the room. It's like it's hard not to address it when it it's constantly influencing us.
3: Yeah.
1: But um it's true. So tell me about you as a musician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your family like? Did Did you grow up? Oh. To, let's let's go let's go far back and, and see what this where this came from. Mm-hmm. This creative spirit.
0: Well, both my parents are really creative. Um, my mom, more so in the visual arts. Um, mm-hmm. She was a painter, and um, then she was doing ceramics for quite a while, and. We have teapots. She has teapots all over the house uh, that she's made. She's, mm-hmm. She does dysfunctional teapots.
1: Dysfunctional, so they don't actually
0: they don't. They're non-operational. Tea. They um, The spout's in a knot. Or, but they're very expressive and, and they're beautiful. So I had that influence. We always had an art room in my house growing up, which mm-hmm. just had tons of supplies. And you can go in, you know, whenever you feel inspired, go do something very cool. So, thanks mom.
3: <laughs> yeah, no it's that, um, important.
0: It was just like a part of, you know, that was just a part of our house. My dad is musical. My dad um plays a piano and guitar and um unbeknownst to me was also in a band, but you know, he didn't My dad's a businessman. So, I didn't really um I didn't really know about that cuz that was happening, I guess, before I was born. But my father, um often uh on holidays, and probably when I've seen him the most joyful is you know, after like a big meal with everybody there, he'd go to the piano and he'd be playing like Billy Joel or the Beatles, and um I like to sit next to him. I like to sing along and just like be a part of that mhm that was, I guess So
1: creative creative uh stuff was kind of alive in your home it was totally. it was valued.
0: Absolutely, you have yeah. Any, any brothers or sisters? I have a younger sister. Is,
1: um, is she into the arts as well?
0: Well, she is creative, but she's shy about it. Mm. I remember one year we, um, she had an option for a recital. I think she, she was learning piano. She's actually much better at piano than I was. And uh, I think the recital was coming up. I don't think she really wanted to do it. And maybe we encouraged her to go through with it and... Maybe yeah. that was not the right thing, <laughs> you Put her know. On the spot. I guess so. Yeah. You know, she. I guess she wasn't really comfortable with that.
1: So then you decided to learn piano. You, you guys both got piano lessons formally growing up, or is it you just? Know,
0: I studied piano for a really short time. Like, yeah, it might have been under a year. <laughs> I don't really know. I wasn't super musically inclined. I found I found music to be frustrating when I was younger. Like, I remember we had the recorder in elementary school. Yes. This was when I lived in Queens. Did you learn the recorder off, as well? Off,
1: hot cross buns. Come on now. <laughs> Everybody's got to know that. Yeah,
0: that's a good starting place, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I just, I don't know. I found it really difficult playing. I don't know. I think I was just too, um, almost too intellectual about it or something. You know what I mean? Like music needs to flow and I was just trying to get it right
1: mm. oh, at so the time. You, you wanted to be good at it before you could be good at it.
0: I think... Or like
1: proficient, I should say.
0: Like, for example, my sister, when she took piano lessons, she would kind of play and look at the sheet music, but she would just also feel it out and maybe play a wrong note here and there. But she had more of the flow of what the piece would sound like. She was playing by ear. Mm. For me, I was like looking at the notes, G, 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 you know, playing it very- Counting uh, it out. And, yeah, yeah. Just having it very like correct. And that's not- It's not. <laughs> but I, I didn't enjoy, I didn't really enjoy that. So when I was in high school, my boyfriend at the time was playing guitar. So- I learned a little bit from him and then I took a few, I had guitar lessons. I've taken like a smattering of guitar yeah. lessons throughout my whole, you know, my whole life. But after high school, there was a period of probably five years where I wasn't, I didn't Funny. touch the guitar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, having a friend or mm. in your case, a boyfriend mm-hmm. or someone someone like that yeah. who kind of can, can just show you things. Mm-hmm. It's so important. To, you know, what I'm saying like learning through for learning through a traditional you know teacher situation where they're going to mm-hmm. say okay, learn these notes, learn how to read music, learn how to do this, yeah. all that and the other thing, uh, learn time signatures, and you you're sitting there as a kid, you're going like this is just work.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And
1: you're you're totally turned off. And I I I've, yeah I feel like. For different people, they're gonna they're gonna learn differently. So mm-hmm. I feel like, hey, show them how to play a song. Show mm-hmm. the student how to play a song first that they want to play.
0: That's right.
1: So, oh,
0: peak their interest.
1: Yeah, start with the start the with the joy that.
0: of it. Show them what's yeah. capable
1: and what they're capable of doing just mechanically with their fingers once they get them yeah. in shape, and then start working on that the theory and all the other stuff that can be a little daunting. To start with, yeah, I always felt like it was a little mm-hmm. backwards because I was in a similar situation. It wasn't yeah. until I had a friend who played guitar and I was like, oh my gosh, how, how do you mm-hmm. do that? And I remember trading <laughs> my, for my first guitar, I traded um, this kid, Justin Matranga was his name. Mm-hmm. He, uh, and he had a, he, his oldest guitar that he wasn't uh, playing, an Area Pro 2, which I think was like the 90s cheap guitar that every kid had okay. Oh, really? And then, um, I traded my Game Boy.
0: Oh, that's big. My
1: original Game Boy for this wow, guitar. You
0: really wanted that guitar.
1: Oh yeah. And to my grandparents dismay. <laughs> Cause then I had a little tiny it was an electric. amp. Oh yeah. And
0: who did <laughs> I make a lot of noise? You could have been playing drums. Could have been a lot harder on them.
1: Yeah. I could play without the amp. I could do that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was one of those things, having someone show you the instrument and then you can start learning on your own.
0: It's so true what you're saying. And for me, a lot of my um, musical progression has been like, and I'm still learning things all the time, you know, especially from the people I play with. But a lot of times I'll have written a song and I'll include something in the song that I can't really do. Right. Do you know what I mean?
1: You can maybe get it right once, but then yeah. you're trying to reproduce or it. Or just
0: like, I have an idea of what it should be. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to learn how to do it. So uh-huh. it, um, it's like, I'm learn. it's kind of a little backwards, but it does, it is, it is related to what you're saying of teach a kid a song that they want to play because they want to do it. So here's this thing that I want, I want to learn how to do arpeggios or whatever it is, you know? So Well, now I have a reason to learn it (laughs) before. I didn't have a reason to. Oh yeah. Now I do.
1: Oh yeah. And, and like just doing some like exercises, like scales, like
0: figure out a way to make
1: it fun. You know, there are things that you have to do to just kind of like. put. It depends
0: what your goals are too, though. Cause you know, if you are on um, a classical path, I could see why that would be so important. It's kind of like learning Mm -hmm. ballet. You just have to drill, do drills, 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 um. But that's not, yeah, I never, honestly, I never thought I would be playing music, so.
1: So you've referenced dance, by the way, twice. Oh,
0: yeah. I love dance.
1: Are, are you a dancer? Or are you mm-hmm. just a fan? You are a dancer.
0: Mm-hmm. I am a dancer. I'm, I'm not a professional dancer, but I love dancing. I love to dance. And um, yeah, it's really important to me.
1: That's awesome. There's mm-hmm. some amazing dancers here. in Actually, I just, I just uh, was talking to one on Sunday. I was, Ooh. Uh, she's a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was doing some photo work for a yoga studio and I've taken pictures of her before. Um, what's
0: her name? Amanda. Amanda. Yeah.
1: And, and uh, so anyway, I I was asking, approaching her, I'm like, Hey, I've got some stuff I want to do like non-professional, like as far as like personal creative work involving dancers. And I was asking her anyway,
0: I saw some, um, I saw some of your, the yoga, um, like industrial yoga shots. Yeah, that you yeah, did. that was from
1: that shoot. It that was, was from that shoot. I yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: I like the juxtaposition of,
1: yeah, that was yoga right by the yoga studio.
0: Spaces. <laughs> well, that was
1: cool. That was right like next door to the studio. What studio have a is that? Uh, Charleston Community Yoga okay. in Avondale.
2: It's oh, in
0: that's West near Ashton. me. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Maybe I'll yeah. check it out.
1: Yeah, I love that nice. studio. That was like oh, yeah? the first place I ever went to do yoga. And so oh, I have a, a have kind of a connection. spiritual connection to that totally. place.
0: Totally, yeah. Um,
1: but they, they, uh, yeah. They, there's a. I probably shouldn't say this because I'm sure we were breaking the law by breaking into a construction site to pick that picture.
0: It's hmm. done now. What you gonna do? Prove it.
1: <laughs> Can't prove it was me.
0: I'm not admitting
1: <laughs> anything. Somebody did it, not me.
0: Could have just been photoshopped for <laughs> yes. all we know.
1: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. All right. So, so you, you were into dance. When did that start? Cause mm-hmm. that, you got to start. You said ballet is, was your.
0: I, t- I took some ballet when I was a, a young girl. And, um, and then I got really into gymnastics. I was a competitive gymnast. My goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause you got to start that as like, there's an age, there's a cut, a young cutoff for ballet where if you yeah. start ballet, you,
3: you're, all gonna of, it. I
0: mean, dancers, they have such a abbreviated span Mm -hmm. well it's changing now um that you know there's more longevity now I think than there was in the past um to a dancer's career I actually I yeah I I took dance a little bit when I when I was a young girl and then um actually came to gymnastics kind of late for it Mm -hmm. which was 10 11 years old that was considered late
1: right (laughs) but I imagine the ballet helped
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. And that
1: flexibility and the body well, awareness.
0: I'm. It did. And also I'm just really flexible, just naturally. That's just something naturally I have. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think I was graceful in, in my gymnastics. I wasn't necessarily the most powerful gymnast. So I, I loved movement and gymnastics was a huge part of my life at that time. I was doing it like five times a week. It was everything to me. And until I was about 16 years old, there's wow. a point where you, you can't really do it much longer. And then after that, it, you know, it was kind of hard because when you're so focused on something and so passionate about it and then, and then like I, I was in high school and I'm like, what do people do? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know anything.
1: <laughs> it's such a strange thing because the idea that that could stop when at that age... Yeah, like people are telling hard. you. People probably are telling you, "Hey, this won't you. You have to do this now because you won't be able to do it later." To this degree, I don't know if they said that to you, but that's the reality, well, right? We
0: knew that, but you know, when we were in it, we were.
1: It it seems like forever.
0: It, it was also it was a family to me because you you spend so much time um, with these girls, and now I see them on Facebook, and they're all grown up with families and things like that, and mm-hmm. we still. We still, um, have that really deep bond with each other. Yeah. Um, I, I just love movement, physical movement. And so in New York, I had the opportunity to uh, take a lot of different classes. I did belly dancing for a while. Um, I, I tried African dance and, you know, hip hop, which I was not very good at. And, um, um, I found this dance that I did, Limon dance, and um, Simonson technique was my very favorite dancing. And that's a dance that is very organic to the body and helps dancers to dance longer in their yeah. lives. So I think for that reason, it just feels amazing. That's probably the thing I miss the most, actually, um, about Brooklyn.
1: Well, there's there's independent I've, dance groups here. I've been dancing here.
0: here, but uh, I haven't found a Simonson class.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: maybe I should reach out to my teacher and be like, do you want to visit Charleston? You know. I'm wondering if
1: something <laughs> like that maybe does exist it's just maybe not. I, I don't know. dance is so it, it's not something I'm super familiar with, mm-hmm. but through the yoga community community because yeah. there's a lot of yoga uh, people who do yoga or teach yoga that yeah. are in the dance community as well. Actually, had uh, Crystal Wellman, who who's a professional dancer. I had her on this podcast, mm-hmm. and she, I have so much respect for what she has done because she she has such an independent work ethic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how like these dance groups how they function, and it's it's almost like starting a band. Like they get a group of people together, mm-hmm. they fundraise, they do all of this stuff, and they, I mean, they That's put cool. so much work into it. It's it's such and. And like you said, it's a fleeting art form. Um, you have to be there in person really to, to appreciate it fully, I think. I don't know. There, there's something about watching it on TV or on a video uh, that doesn't compare to it's being true. in person. I
0: know what you mean about that. But da- yeah. dance is life-affirming. I think that's what it is. And it's also freeing. Yeah. And um, I never feel more myself than when I'm dancing.
1: Do you, uh, do you ever try to com- combine your music performance and dancing. I have
0: done that and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. I I always had a difficult time just playing guitar and trying to sing at the same time, (laughs) trying to to incorporate any kind of um, choreography into it always seemed like, "Um, no man, chewing gum and walking is enough for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. Even I love when bands even incorporate just a little bit of choreography can go a long way. I feel
1: Oh yeah! Even when it's fun and done tongue in cheek, it's always it's always entertaining. Mm
0: -hmm. Just something about bodies in sync is captivating. I don't know why, yeah, but it is. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: and 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 doing things with purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about like spontaneity. Yes, that's wonderful. Yes, but also doing things with with an actual purpose is, is a whole different game, and that's it's nice to witness it
0: agreed so to, so yeah.
1: your your musical influences I, I've read somewhere mm-hmm. and and from listening to your music even yeah. even when you were warming up, I can hear tinges mm-hmm. of like a Regina Specter mm-hmm. um, what, what what were your musical influences?
0: Well, I get that a lot with Regina Spector and I do like her and I um I've seen her perform live too, but it's it's kind of happenstantial that I sound yeah. like her. It um, might
1: be because you guys have we're the same from
0: similar. She she's from a town not too far away from like suburban New Jersey where I went to middle school and high school. Yeah. So, you know, we have kind of similar um I mean, she's kind of I think she might be I don't I know that she has Russian heritage. I don't know if she was an immigrant to the US or maybe she was born here. I I know, sure. I know I
1: know she she like speaks Russian. But, she
0: But I think she's Jewish and anyway, I feel like we have things in common and, but she's more like someone I appreciate and like discovered because people told me that I sound like her.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's a definite like kind of innocent quirkiness to her style, especially like the first couple of records of hers.
0: Yeah. I like, I think there's a warmth and something genuine about her that I appreciate. And she's very playful.
1: Yeah, so. and, but she's super, super, like, her ability to capture a feeling and translate it mm-hmm. uh, sonically as well as through lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the piano, you know, everything just, yeah, she she can really, she can take you on a dynamic ride through a song, and it, it's pretty amazing. I think so. And live, I've seen her, I saw her at Central Park Summer Stage. Oh, you did? A few years uh-huh. back. And, How uh, was that? My gosh. I mean... It's just, it makes you want to cry. It's one, she's one of those artists that you get like super emotional because it's so good. You know oh, what I'm saying? cool. Just because it sounds so good. You're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this, that I'm lucky enough to like exist at the same time as people that can do
0: this. That's a big and stage um, where there are mm-hmm. a lot of people out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those summer concerts are cool. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, uh, what were your musical influences besides mm-hmm. the boyfriend with the guitar? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what, what were you listening well, to as he, a teenager?
0: Well, he, well, him and, and all the friends that I was hanging out with, they, you know, they were smoking pot in like a friend's garage and, um,
1: and, as one would and do. doing other
0: things. But, um, uh, so there was like Grateful Dead and Fish and, um, really? and what else? 311 and they were, they were always playing that stuff. And it was all new to me. I I really I listened to Z100 growing. <laughs> oh no!
1: Isn't that the worst when you're when you, because um, I guess you're the older sister, so mm-hmm. you were the one that would probably impart her influence yeah. on your younger sister. I
0: introduced her to the Spice Girls. Yep, you know, the Spice Girls were awesome.
1: I, like I, I will defend the Spice Girls movie. By the way, that movie is amazing.
0: Wait, is this a new Spice Girls film? No. Oh. An old Spice Girls yes. film?
1: You've never seen the Spice Girls? I don't know. Is it Spice World to or something? To be honest, like that?
0: that was probably more of my sister's thing. Yeah. Um, but
1: it was just what was on the radio yeah. while you were growing up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: you need to watch that Spice Girls movie. Okay. Sure. Only because it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. They have they have like a a, a, a tour bus and it's kind of like a Doctor Who tardis, where okay. whenever they go in it, it's just mm-hmm. giant sprawling <laughs> space that they go into their bus. Meatloaf is their bus driver. It's just
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Actually, yeah,
1: it, the movie is fantastic. I, it's one of the most <laughs> underrated movies ever. I okay. used to work in a video store back when that movie came out. We used to put it on all oh, the time. Yeah. To the dismay of the people in
0: uh, Long well, Island that came to d- our studio, you did video turn story. me on to Jack White at, on SNL, so which I really appreciated. So I'll I'll take a look at the Spice Girls movie oh, as well.
1: That that Jack White performance was amazing. It was really cool. It was, but he
0: always blows me away when he comes mm-hmm. on SNL.
1: Yeah, and live, it's it's the band he the bands he puts together are always like the previous touring band he had before that. This new trio was all women, and yes, like. That's Ridiculous. what I'm talking
0: about. Well, he did the, I guess, I don't know how many times he's been on SNL, but one time he had a full female band and a full male band. And yeah. I thought that was just so cool. Like, wow, to yeah. think in those terms, you know? And and I don't and even he, know
1: if that was what he set out to do originally or if that's just how it happened.
0: I don't know, but I it was know. really cool. And he he played one set with this group, one set with the other. And yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. Just, I loved it. It was just an interesting thing to to witness.
1: He, he's a hard one to try to because he's so quirky. Like uh, growing up for me, like in in a lot of punk rock influences, and mm-hmm. it, it and you kind of like I wanted to not like him, but he's I like him and I can't help it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did you want to not like him? Uh because mm-hmm. the way because uh, when I was working at sorry, I'm going to go back a little.
0: Yeah,
1: I used to work at MTV. Oh, okay. And around the time when they came up.
0: 1515 Broadway? Uh-huh. I, I've been in that building yes. before.
1: So yeah. so back when him, uh, when the White Stripes, the Strokes, um, and there was a bunch of other bands that around that time, the early 2000 mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. Um, they were really good. And they were also mainstream.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I had come up on this kind of, I, oh, I, I was just coming saying. off this time of like, I didn't know Anything that was mainstream okay. and I just equated anything mainstream as mm-hmm. like not cool, you know. Sure. But they were so cool at the same
0: time. Yeah. You were a purist.
1: It didn't fit the narrative that I had yeah. in my head at that time. But
0: see, isn't that cool that he yeah. broke the narrative? And all of
1: it. Like I love <laughs> the strokes now that too. They did. Yeah. There's a lot of those bands that uh, you know, the killers. I saw them. Um
0: I like the killers a lot.
1: I saw them when they were doing uh one of the music awards. No, I think it was the video music awards and we were filming it in Miami and they were playing in a pool. (laughs) Like they were performing like some of the members are in a pool. Like it was weird. I just remember like (laughs) being on the set going like, what is going on here? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Yeah. It was pretty interesting.
1: Um, anyway, so you're, you're coming into, uh, your musical age, what what bands were you listening to besides what was on Z100 well, and what your friends were listening to? Yeah. Was there anything that, what was the first band that you said, oh, this is what, I, this is what it could be?
0: No, it wasn't like that for really? me. No. Um, but I did, uh, when I was, you know, a teenager mm-hmm. with all the emotions of a teenager, I, um, I was listening to a lot of I guess you could call them like Lilith Fair artists, like Sarah McLaughlin and Fiona Apple and Uh Tori Amos. Um,
1: Indigo Girls.
0: I did like the Indigo Girls. There's probably other ones. And I also really loved, um, so Fiona Apple was like a really big one for me.
1: Her new record is unbelievable. It's so good. I was listening to it last night. Oh, you were? Because I remember when it first came out, I listened to it and I loved it. And then it kind of, so much good music came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. And and then I was like, I got to remember I got to listen to that because it just doesn't come up and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's not like something they play on the radio and I don't listen to the radio anyway. <laughs> so I was like, well, let me she... put that, uh, l- let me put that on. Cause I was listening to all like the kind of nominated people for, um, was it best rock? Uh, oh. it's all women in that category this oh, really? this year for. The wow. Yeah. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. Well, she has a real, I think she uses music as her therapy. Mm-hmm. That would be my sense. Um, but she just has really, like what you were saying about Regina Spector, a person who knows how to capture emotion and, and put it into song. Uh, I think Fiona Apple does that. I also really like Billie Holiday. Um, nice. I listen to her a lot. And I, I, I love jazz, too. And um, so, yeah, so I think I think those women, the women of the 90s, were... I I love Hole and Garbage and and things like that. And Bjork and Erica Badu, all these women who are writing from, um, I think from a personal, you know, from a personal perspective. Yeah. Sometimes a confessional perspective. So I think that was sort of my entry point for myself. Although I have to say, it changes, mm-hmm. you know, because um, then I, then I feel like, oh, maybe I don't want to have every song be about my feelings. Can I write it about a different topic? Right? You know, you get you get, <laughs> yep. get kind of like um, more uh, interested in other other ideas, other um, other ways of expression. But for me, I think I think for me, uh, songwriting, it, it usually starts with a concept of a you know, an idea that I want to express. And then it um it grows from that.
1: What comes first for you, the music or the lyrics? <laughs> and it probably just, it can change. I'm sure. I was just
0: reading um, Jeff Tweedy's new book, uh, "How to Write One Song," and he his answer when people ask him that is both and neither.
1: Right. Because it can, it can, <laughs> you can pick up a, uh, an instrument and start playing and all of a sudden yeah. you find yourself just jamming on a single riff or chord progression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you just take it from there and then all of a sudden a tune will come into your head That's and you start, right. you start saying gibberish and you'll just be That's like. That's
0: it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gibberish, so many artists. I know Um, David Burns, um, who I'm a huge fan of and the Talking Heads I love. um, he, he. He talked about um, using gibberish and... Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot... So many artists do it, but that's just one example. But Jeff Tweedy was talking about the musicality of words. Yes. And I thought that was an interesting concept that I hadn't necessarily thought of, but maybe intrinsically new because you feel like which words go with what melody sometimes. Yeah. And I recently... (laughs) I think it's because I've been playing music more. I've been having so many... um, dreams. Like it's not when I'm sleeping, it's right before I fall asleep. And then these weird, like things come into my head Uh (laughs) and then I'll like drag myself out from bed and get my voice memo. And it's not even anything in my genre. So it's really strange. Yeah. Like a lot of it is really poppy, weird poppy stuff that I I wouldn't even know how to play it, (laughs) but I just (laughs) want to try to record it just to like keep that channel open and to, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll write a song for somebody else. Who knows? Oh yeah. Yeah. You
1: know. Channel but, that muse. Yeah. But it's
0: kind of annoying when you're trying to do that.
1: Well, it is weird. <laughs> the worst things to me are when you get some sort of idea in your head creatively yeah. for whatever yeah. it is you're doing when you're driving.
0: Oh, really? I like it when it happens oh, when it's I, when I'm driving. How come you don't like that? Because trying
1: to record
0: some sort oh, of even like that's not that hard.
1: I know, but I'm such a, uh, I'm like, I, I don't like to like fiddle with stuff too much while I'm driving. Do you have I'm your a,
0: phone on a stand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I probably could just say, you His know, like, Hey Siri. Momo. Oh, I'm sorry if I said that and people are listening to this out loud. <laughs> no, <Uh-oh.
0: laughs> well, maybe everyone's going to write a song now because you did that. You know what I should try?
1: Hey Siri, subscribe to the JWN podcast. Oh, that's rude. <laughs>
0: I think that's innovative. I like that.
1: Hey Siri, play Pilot on Spotify. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm sure I could come around, but but you know what I'm saying? Like the the ease of getting that done will take a fleeting thought, and then it'll get it'll get compromised.
0: I understand what you're saying. You'll Whereas, lose it yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so so
1: you try to kind of like keep repeating it in your head yes. to you get to stop like yes.
0: correct yeah. <laughs> so I understand I- what you're saying now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well but for some reason and in, in the car that I have now it didn't used to be like this but Whenever I do a voice memo, it really records a lot of the noise of the car. Uh-huh. It just sounds so noisy. You
1: hear the the ground noise and the air. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: then I'm like, what was I singing?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, when I hear it back.
1: <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll listen. To, I'll do that with guitar riffs. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll sometimes just get a guitar and I'll pull out the voice memo and do it. And then I'll mm-hmm. listen back to them later on. And I'm like, I wasn't even in a time. <laughs> Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, that doesn't even sound like it's in time with any time signature that exists. I'm I don't sure know it made sense
0: when you were playing it. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. It is funny to listen yeah. back to them later on and go like, what was I thinking? I thought that was awesome <laughs> yeah. at the time. Now it's just garbage. They're not but all winners, it's exactly, true. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty interesting though. So uh, so do you, a lot of times, you will come up with the melodies and, and and start putting the words together and then do you ever attribute a meaning interpret the meaning after you've already come up with words and put them together and you're like oh maybe I'm talking about this yeah
0: definitely that has happened where I'll write a song I don't really know why I'm writing it and then later I'll look back and be like oh I guess some of those events have come to pass now Uh huh. um yeah so and you feel
1: like you've do do you feel like you wrote that song at that point, or that you just kind of like were a vessel for that song to come out.
0: You know, I I don't really know how it all works. Right. Um, it feels to me, I do feel like a vessel, but um, but I don't, you know, I don't know. It, <laughs> it feels like to me, it feels like music is a universe that exists in and of itself, and then occasionally you'll be the the funnel that it comes through in, and because oh, yeah. you're a certain kind of human and a certain kind of soul you'll interpret it in the way that you interpret it and that's what brings it into this world so i i think of it in those terms but you know it's just writing a song right however you however you do it, it you get the same result you get the song
1: it's hard to not make them precious too when you're making them in other words to mm-hmm. to be able to
0: i think the more you write the less precious you right. get about it though Yeah. So just write more. (laughs) And I feel like
1: that with every creative um, endeavor. Like when you first start doing something, you work so hard on something to let it go because it's really not up to par uh, with what you really might want to make is so difficult at the beginning. And I imagine it's the same in dance. I know it's the same in, in photography or art. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your early works. And then later on you'll look back at them and you're like, I'm so much better than that now. But at the time you were like, oh, this is, I've worked so hard on this thing. For sure. Yeah.
0: But that's, I think that's what I like about music specifically Mm -hmm. is how iterative it is. And, and especially even with a song, you can just perform that song over and over again. And the way that I, the way that my musical project has evolved. It's just involved different collaborators each time. Yeah. And so um, it's not really a traditional band in that sense, but uh, the nice thing about it is I've heard my song interpreted this way and that way. And, uh-huh. uh, so
1: it, you treat it more like a singer songwriter type of thing as well as a collective?
0: Yes, it is a solo collaborative project. And I only figured that out last week (laughs) (laughs) so
1: yeah google
0: i'm so glad it happened before your podcast when i
1: when i looked at your when i looked at your website i I see you do have a lot of live performances that's a showcase of your music
3: Mm -hmm. um
1: my favorite being you on a street
3: Mm-hmm. with your
1: keyboard kind of set up on like on yoga blocks or something correct yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just yeah. kind of and you're just playing there and it, the camera's dead center on you and like every once in a while someone will walk by and whatnot yeah. and i just this is pretty awesome like i i love that you did that like
0: that just, was in williamsburg on a on Bogart street which is this really cool looking street and there's a lot of film Shoots that happen there because there's um, beautiful graffiti and it's colorful. I mm-hmm. think it has cobblestones and such and such. And New Yorkers are so jaded and, and they just don't care if you're if you're filming. They're just so used to it and they're just trying to get to wherever they're going. And so they just kept walking through the the set, and you but know, it makes it awesome. It, it really did. It made the whole video because they're just they just don't care.
1: Well, yeah, Um, you're, you're out there pouring your heart out and people are just like, yeah, I got to get to work. And that's kind of,
0: it was good for me too, because honestly I felt pretty uncomfortable, um, doing that. That, that was the first time I did something like that. And you know, it's kind of a weird thing to do, but then, um, having the experience of it and realizing, uh, I'd have to try a lot harder to really upset somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd have to
1: to interrupt their day. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd have to do so much more than what I'm doing, and mm-hmm. what feels uncomfortable for me is like a blip. So um, that actually is very freeing to realize that oh, you can be a lot crazier than you are, and um, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and, and you'll <laughs> like the people who notice, who who are going to notice and and pick up on it, or you know that are going to feel the vibe that you're putting out. They're going to notice, but they might not be able to give you the the attention at that moment
0: yeah but you're still fine.
1: you know there's plenty of times when i would uh especially when i was working in manhattan
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you'd walk by buskers uh, that were just unbelievably talented and you're like i wish i could stop and watch this and you just smile knowing that it exists and you walk yeah. past it and you take it in you might turn off your 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 headphones for for like a minute as you walk by uh yeah. just to take it in and hear the sounds and, and, and the whole scene. But but there are people out there when you do that that are enjoying it. They just can't. <laughs> they just can't in that moment.
0: Oh, I know. Because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I had an encounter with a busker that um, totally turned me on to uh, Brazilian music, especially Bossa Nova. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: What was that about? Yeah.
0: Um, he, he was just, he had this, he like had grown his nails out really long. And I've never seen anyone play this way. He would play the guitar, but also like tap his nails and had a percussive element. And anyway, I just thought it was really cool. And he, and then, so I ended up like following him and he would play around at different um, spots. So yeah, so then I went to see him and he started playing like Joe Beam and Um, so then I took a whole loop. So you kind of
1: became a a fan of this mm -hmm. busker and followed where he was performing. That's amazing.
0: I ended up performing some Bossa Nova because of that as well. So I had a whole, a whole Bossa Nova thing happening, which was really fun and, uh, helped expand some of the chords that I know (laughs) 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 and get into some jazz chords. Heck yeah.
1: That's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome though. That, that you, so you are very much a product of your environment. In other words, and it, creatively, I should say.
0: But aren't we all products yeah. of our environment?
1: Yeah, but you're you're directly. Um, I'm in so tune influenced. With it. I'm yeah. so
0: influenced by my environment, and that's why I I have to be really, um, you know, cognizant of where I place myself. Yeah. Because of that.
1: I I hundred yeah. percent get it. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm I, like
0: a sponge. I just absorb everything around me.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things like when you start to it's hard when
0: you're on the subway (laughs) you know
1: when you have to be selective of your inputs
0: yes correct yeah yes yes that's
1: amazing yeah Mm -hmm. well now uh, living in charleston moving this this great Mm -hmm. like total different vibe yeah have you picked up on the charleston kind of indie music groove that's going on here have you, have you heard it? Do you know, I, I've tried with a couple of musicians to talk about it because mm. it's something it's hard to put your finger on, mm. but I feel it and see it, uh, amongst even dis, you know, musicians that aren't playing the same type of music. There's something yes. about the, 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 the level of energy here that I comes totally through.
0: Agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it's, and I might have an interesting perspective on it being an outsider, uh-huh. you know, I, um, so I've been, one nice thing is, uh, I've been going to the open mic nights at Purple Buffalo. Oh yeah. 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 Which they've been doing like masked, masked and socially distant at distanced and they windex the microphone between performers and such. Um, but that's been a cool place to, I've heard a lot of comedy because of it and, mm-hmm. um, spoken word. And then there's hip hop and there's a real confluence of, uh, of things, um, music as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like, um, I feel like there is a scene here. It's bubbling. It feels fresh and maybe new. Um, the people involved in the scene are a little younger than I am. So, Um, sometimes I feel like mm, a little outdated when I go, Well, (laughs) you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) But there, when you look at the curators of the scene,
0: Mm -hmm. the, the,
1: the, there are people uh, a little bit older that know and that are involved and that are facilitating this to happen. And and there is a collection of, of humans here that are just, uh, it's just a wonderful place to be creative.
0: I think so. Uh, there's been so many collaborations um, for me that have been happening here. Um, like I've, I've been playing with the guys from community. Well, it's formerly Community Pool. Uh-huh. Now it's Leopard, Leopard and the Diamond Sky. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they've officially announced that, but maybe they have. But they live right they across. They have now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's official. They live close to me. And so I've just been going over there and, and jamming. And like learning some of their songs that they've been jamming some of my songs and it's just nice and, and fluid and yeah. Um, that's it, so fun. And then Brett Nash, uh, worked with him in the studio this week and um,
1: he's the best dude. He's the
0: best.
1: He is. <laughs> I love that guy uh, just because he is such a music nerd and, And again, I say these words like whore and nerd that can be taken out of context. I'm saying that with love. I think he would
0: take that as a compliment.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's so, (laughs) he is such a, he's a Swiss army knife of a human being when it comes to music. Correct. And uh, yeah, he's just talented.
0: He is is pretty nerdy about um, the music because we would... We would like, he brought his pedals and we, um, he was actually, he played some bass and then he was l- tracking some guitar and we were trying to get a certain sound. And like, while he's, while he was adjusting his pedal board, he was just t- kind of talking to himself, like, you know, carry the one and he had divide by. You
1: could see <laughs> he him sounded, thinking.
0: <laughs> he sounded like an engineer working on something and he's like, is it like, is it like this? That kind of spaceship sound? Is this what you're going for? And so, uh. That's music wonderful. nerd.
1: Yeah, just, just, just the best. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and guy people like that uh yeah. are are part of what makes this scene so cool because
0: Totally.
1: Um, yeah. You'll see uh, I don't know how much besides the Purple Buffalo that are doing you know some some sort of live performances now.
0: The poorhouse, House is, Yeah,
1: poor, poor House has got something going on. They're selling on. by
0: tables. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um,
1: I went to FemFest this weekend.
0: What's that? I don't know about that.
1: Uh, Nine to Five Magazine, mm-hmm. which is they they put together a festival of all women artists oh, really? or female led artists, and and uh, yeah, it was it was really cool, and it was like Tobin's Market. Where's that Mm-mm. downtown Upper Upper King Street, I guess.
0: Okay, um, mm-hmm.
1: and uh, yeah, it was really cool. So we've talked about. Uh, a lot of your, your process and, and, and all the things, what do you feel is, and, and this could be something just currently mm-hmm. going on in, in what you do you have a message or, or something that you're trying to say or convey through your creative endeavors? Like what, what's your, uh, and it, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic and you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like it could just be that you're trying to find people that speak the same language as you. Um, but, but is there something that you're trying to uh, create or say through your music and your songwriting that, that you're trying to convey to the world that you have not maybe done yet that you're trying to achieve? <laughs> I know it's a very heady I
0: question. I was. Um, <laughs> Also, when you when you record a podcast, you you realize how much people say "um."
1: Oh gosh, don't no. don't worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> but even um, uh, you know
0: um, you know what I mean.
1: You know, you know, uh, uh, like
0: um, um, a message, or just yeah.
1: Is there something that you know?
0: To be honest, there isn't a message that I'm. Trying to get out to the world, but I'm trying to live my life in an authentic way to who I am. And hopefully that will be inspiring for people on some level. Mm-hmm. And I am creating music or whatever I create, really, with the intention that somebody will benefit from it in some way, whether it's feeling an emotion they didn't know that they had inside themselves or maybe laughing. Yeah. I put I put humor into my songs. And when I perform, I uh, look for opportunities for humor as well.
1: Like icebreakers to kind of disarm people.
0: Whatever it is, whatever's happening in the room, I try to tap into that. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh um, I, I,
1: yeah. I do believe that, um, art forms, that's, mm-hmm. and it's, kinda, I, I, it's almost an unfair question because I know for a lot of artists, it's not a, you don't, you might not have a specific thing that you're trying to say or do. Uh, not everyone is going to have like a Fiona Apple style, like tragedy that they're trying to cope with. Um, yeah, but but the arts that's are true. are a form of communication. They're language. and um, and I think you know we're giving we're given as young people a set of tools on how to communicate, like the kind of lowest common denominator. Here's your language. Here's how to write it, here's how to speak it. and that's how you're going to communicate. But that's not necessarily how animals communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, you see animals dance. You see animals sing. You see animals do all sorts of different ways to communicate with each other.
0: I watched my cat hide under the bed for a week when I brought her here. And I wanted to play with her. But then I was thinking, she's really telling me a lot right now. And I need to respect that.
1: Yeah. She, yeah. Her, her language was she's like. She's
0: communicating a lot with me right now. Yeah. She was not happy. She was just, she needed her shelter space.
1: Has has she uh, has she grown to appreciate her new home, her new digs?
0: Well, I just brought her here a few weeks ago, so she's still. Oh, oh. yeah, because I wasn't sure if I could find a home with a cat when I first came down. You know, because sometimes it's yeah, they they're little destroyers. <laughs> they will attack your house. So. Oh
1: yeah, especially <laughs> they don't like it.
0: <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. So I just brought her back up. Oh, A couple weeks ago and she's i don't worry about her she she acts like she's all shy but she slowly takes over every space i bring her into so (laughs) she's doing fine
1: that's awesome so what do you think about uh maybe uh, this is a new new grounds for the for the podcast of maybe playing some songs or a song
0: yeah that would be nice try that Let's do it.
1: All right, Hold let's let's get all set up. Hold on one okay. second. Pilot. Yes, we haven't even talked about your name. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious. That's,
0: that's okay. Yeah, I should have I should have started that when I said hello to you.
1: That's okay.
0: <laughs> uh, so, my name is Aurel Pilo, and the music project is just called Pilot, and it's a pretty new project. It's about a year. Maybe a little over a year old, two years old, something like that. Awesome. Okay. <laughs>
1: I, I'm so glad you said that because I would have pronounced your last name wrong this whole time. <laughs> Irel Pilow. It's
0: hard to get my name right if I, if, without some practice and some instruction. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention it.
1: Um, that's awesome. All right. So let's hear a pilot song. What's the name of the song this that you is- want to play?
0: The song is called Balloon.
1: That was cool, man. It's
0: hard to take yourself seriously when you're playing a Casio Tone MT45.
1: I think I think that was pretty awesome. I don't know. I, I'm Thanks. I'm going with. Um, have you ever seen Wesley Willis? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I might turn you on to something. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Mm. But he did a similar type of setup as far as he took a Casio keyboard, mm-hmm. and he would he would pro- I don't know how much programming he did of it I think he mm-hmm. was just using whatever presets came in yeah and then he would have songs that he would just sing on top of them and Wesley uh, Willis Wesley Willis he was definitely a, um uh he, he was very childlike mm. in his presentation though he was very like he would just shout stuff like what's my- the
0: name of the song do you remember
1: Rock and Roll McDonald's is probably yes! the most famous one I love one. that yeah <laughs> And, and, uh,
0: but, <laughs> that but, he, sounds fun.
1: The guy made his career doing, doing, yeah. uh, you know, doing, uh, Casio keyboard and just kind of have you was, he was even on, I believe, the Howard Stern show at one point, which, yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. He performed on, for Howard Stern. on
0: Howard Stern.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought back when he used to be on the, the radio in New York?
0: <laughs> wow. Anyway, I'll check him That out.
1: was pretty awesome. Thank you Thanks. so much for playing. That was so fun. <laughs> Things. I love it so uh, your music that you're recording with with Nick and and uh mm. and, and the fellows and, and ladies of uh the Charleston area is mm-hmm. it is it along that kind of are you kind of expanding to incorporate mm-hmm. what they have to offer
0: um so the project I'm working on right now is with Wolfgang Zimmerman oh my goodness of the space yeah you know Wolfgang
1: mm-hmm.
3: Rialto so, Row?
0: it's Was Rialto Row, and I believe now it is called the Space officially. So, um, but same place. I can't wait to hear this Mm -hmm. because,
1: uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to hear you in that kind of more traditional uh, recording type of
0: yeah. So I'm. I feel like I'm in good hands with him, and uh, there is some Casio on the. on the new record, on the new recordings that we're doing, but there's also electric. I play electric guitar on it, and uh, there's bass and drums. It's it's more of a you know traditional indie rock with some synth magic. That's so exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so exciting. It's exciting for me because uh, I have been performing for many years, but I really haven't recorded since. I, I honestly don't even remember. I think it might have been two thousand five. So I have, I just have so many songs that yeah. I, that I've had these live experiences with, but I can't share them with people otherwise, yeah. um, you know, so this is finally bridging that gap and it just feels so good to be doing that.
1: Well, and you've got that, you've got, you're in the right hands.
0: I feel that I, very strongly.
1: I, I just yeah. recently had um Bill Wilson, who's a seventy eight year old soul singer.
0: Mm.
1: And um mm-hmm. he recorded his first record with at Rialto Row yeah. two years ago.
0: Oh, that's so nice,
1: and he just released a Christmas record, a soul Christmas record. He's got like an all- star band going it's It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that that, sounds nice. It's amazing to think that this guy's never recorded his music all this time. That he just had. What
0: was stopping him?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know what stopped him. Mm-hmm. He just kind of he he was going where life took him. So he, he was went,
0: surfing the wave. Yeah, and he, it just he, didn't. It was. In clubs, it wasn't bringing him into the studio.
1: Well, in the, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the '60s, he was playing for other bands, and sure. then and then he went into the workforce, and and then he went into nightclub ownership, yeah. and then he started playing live again with that, and then playing with wedding bands and things like that. But he had yeah. this long career of music. Yeah. He's an amazing, talented mm-hmm. musician, and he had stacks of papers of, of songs and lyrics, and
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um, a body find, of work,
1: and, and the right people uh, recognized. Hey, you need to get to the studio and record this. Get
0: stuff. Get me to a studio. Yes, 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 yes. So
1: he had the the right people uh, that were surrounding him and making not making it happen, but facilitating it.
0: That's excellent. Yeah,
1: but I uh, it sounds like you are kind of you are not waiting till till you are seventy six to get in the studio. So that oh. the, so you got to leg up on that.
0: Hey, you got to be where you are at and do it when you can. Heck so yeah. this is when I can, and it's um it's with good people so it's in a good way so uh yeah I, i'm happy about that
1: i can't wait so so have you been pl- you've been playing out at the purple buffalo when you can on an open mic night
0: i was using i was really using it i like to have a space cuz i don't really have a musical space right now i have my bedroom and it, you can you cannot you cannot get the sense of how a song is until you, for me at least, until you play it in front of people and also until you have the sound that you need, uh, yeah. you know, and in my bedroom and just, <laughs> it's not doing it. Uh, so uh, I was really using that as kind of a, um, a springboard or, or like a Petri dish where I could bring things that were a little bit rough, a little bit unfinished. There was one song I was working on that I literally rewrote it from start to start from start to scratch. Is that how you (laughs) see it?
1: (laughs) You wrote it from scratch.
0: (laughs) From scratch. uh, I rewrote it three times. Yeah. So each time, each week I would go, I would be like, okay, here's the Cassiopeia Constellation song. This is a totally different version. And like maybe 20% of it was the same from the previous week. Um, Anyway, just to say that a space like that is so important because you need, for me, it's a workshop. You know, it's a workshop situation where I could, I could literally sense what's working and what's not, and then I can try to address it and and make it better.
1: I'm a big believer in, um, the confines of a situation, uh, leading to creative, to breaking through creatively in ways that while you're in it at the time, doesn't feel uh, good. If you feel like you're boxed in, but it, you get to that point where you start like, here you are with this Casio MT45. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you're just like, what can I do with this? How far can yeah. I push this?
0: Yeah, that's right. Because I, and I, I've been playing around with this Casio for a while. So I, I, I kind of know some things about it. Although it's interesting when I watch other Casio players and they have a different approach Mm -hmm. you know, and that's cool too. Um, but yeah, with the Casio, you really do have a lot of restrictions and that, like you're saying, that can be a a good creative, uh, force because you're trying to figure out, well, what can I do with what I have?
3: Um,
0: but, but I honestly, I go in and out of phases with the Casio because that some of the tones on here, when you listen to them, (laughs) like over and over again, I, I start to go a little insane. I hear you. So, uh, I, so like, for example, in, in the album that we're recording, uh, it's going to be more of a spice and, and, and not like the main ingredient, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. but also, uh, but it's there. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I do like it. (laughs) Also, you know, I started, I started, uh, playing around with Casio's because I Just got so sick and tired of uh, listening to acoustic guitars in New York City. And I was playing it, too. Mm -hmm. I just was really bored. I was bored by other people. I was bored by myself. And so I was like, I'm just going to get something that's different. And then I got this. And lo and behold, everybody wants to talk to you because it's just different. Right. You know, so it's a good conversation starter, too. Yeah. No offense to any acoustic guitar players. It's a beautiful thing, but...
3: I, I get just, where you're coming. I just from. got
0: tired of it, honestly.
1: Yeah, I get you where you come from. A hundred percent. You just you're 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 <laughs> you're doing the same thing as them, but yeah. you're just like, let me just use a different tool. That's it.
0: Yeah, and also, you know, if I were really a gifted acoustic guitar player, it would be a different thing. But you know, I, I use it to accompany myself. Um, yeah, you know, as a lot of guitarists do. Really, right? It's a great uh, tool for a songwriter to have.
1: That's awesome. Well. I am, I have had a lot of fun getting to know you with all of this. This has been, a. Uh, uh, this has been so exciting. My first ever live performance mm-hmm. on the podcast, <laughs> super excited. And uh, I think you're going to make a lot of new friends here. Mm-hmm. If, even though you've already probably made a lot, you've made the right friends. It seems like you've, you've sought out the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they're going to come to you as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully as the world starts you know, turning the corner back to normal. We'll, uh, be able to see you in more places, get you up at the Royal American or something one night. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I am pining for the days of going back to that place to see music because it's been so long mm-hmm. since they've been allowed to have. Man,
0: I was there like every weekend before, uh, before the shutdown. I just, yeah. I didn't, wasn't planning it, but just all my friends were playing there. I'm like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to be at the Royal American. And it is. just, um, a really really cool spot.
1: Yeah, it's just it, it's kind of like the center in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. Yeah, but I feel like it's the center for like a that indie for the indie scene. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. There there's something about the um innocence and happiness of the tone of your music mm. that you what you just played right now. That I think is going to be welcomed with open arms as we come thank out of this. You. People are going to want some fun, happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People are
0: joyful vibes.
1: They're going to want to. They're going to want to get down. Mm. And, and right. thank and you for I think you're in that. tune with what what people are needing. So I hope so. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks right. for having me and
1: today. Best way for people to contact you
0: mm-hmm. or find you? Um, they should astral project themselves into my home. <laughs> 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 but if they're if they're feeling lazy or tired and they don't they don't feel like going to all that trouble um, it's pilot let's go on Instagram yeah and your website is, this is pilot.com. excellent mm-hmm.
1: alright I'll link it up in the show
0: okay thank you yay <laughs> thank you for coming thank you for having me
1: you get going don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already and also you can check out more at jwnpod.com or follow me on instagram at joelatex that's at j-o-e-l the number eight x have a great day peace